I greet you this morning in the name of the risen Lord, Jesus Christ. As I stand here in the sanctuary of St. Andrews, alone, I see many of you only in my mind's eye. But as different as this is, it's actually also quite exciting. It's exciting because I think of you in your homes and apartment buildings, along the streets and in the neighborhoods, spread out across the city, bringing this city together in praise and prayer. So let us worship God. Let us begin with a hymn of praise. Now let the vault of heaven resound in praise of love that doth abound. continue now by turning to God's Word. We begin with a psalm, Psalm number 16. I invite you to read it with me responsively, led by the elders who met earlier this week online and have contributed this reading. Psalm 16. 
Protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. The Lord is my chosen portion and cup. You hold my lot. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me. The Lord is at my right hand, and I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol, or let your faithful one see the pit. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen.
You show me the path of life, the psalmist declares. In Jesus, we believe we have seen the fullness of life. We continue now with a reading from the Gospel according to John. Because of the uncertainty and anxiety of these days, perhaps we are better able to understand the experience of the first disciples of Jesus, how fear filled their lives when they saw their greatest hope crucified, how they heard of the tomb emptied, From the Gospel according to John, on the evening of the third day, we hear these words as read by Julie Lee. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept your word. Silence in us any voices but your own, so that we may hear your word and heed it. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This is a reading from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 19 to 22. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed him his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God for this reading of his holy word. Since coming to you at St. Andrews, I've enjoyed searching for works of art that accompany the scripture lessons and sermons of the Sunday morning and, and putting these works of art on the covers of the order's service. Well, this morning I hope you'll indulge me as I shift medium but keep the custom. In fact, extend it this morning and introduce two images. Let us pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be found now acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The Gospel lesson read by Julie Lee this morning takes us back to Easter Day. After the day of crucifixion, after the day of dead silence, to the third day, the day of resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. This third day took on a whole new dimension for me when I was introduced recently to the painting of a Danish artist Arne Haugen Sorensen. It's entitled, The Resurrection. I love the bold colors and dramatic lines of this painting. I see the open tomb of the earth below. I see the light of life, the other side of death, above. And in between, I see the wondrous moment, the life-filled moment of Jesus being raised from the dead. It's those hands that move me most, those tender hands of God, lifting Jesus from the grave. It's a theme that Sorensen has painted many times, apparently, as centerpieces for churches of his homeland. This painting reminds me that resurrection was not something that Jesus accomplished by himself. Jesus was crucified terribly, died truly, and remained dead. 
Jesus did not raise himself. Jesus was raised. The resurrection of Jesus was first and foremost an affirmation by the Holy One that the life this Jesus lived, a life dedicated to sharing the love of God for humanity, that this is the life that God will honor eternally. But what does the resurrection of Jesus mean for me and for you? Well, when I ask this question, what comes to mind immediately is a story that Henry Nouwen told. It's about twins, twins who are talking to each other in their mother's womb. And the sister says to her brother, I believe there is life after death. The brother protests. What? This is what we have. This is what we enjoy. This is what there is. The sister says, No, I feel there is something more. I feel that there is light, and I feel that there is freedom. The brother responds vehemently. After some time, the silence is broken by the sister speaking again. She said, I have something else I need to say. I'm afraid you're not going to believe this, but I think there's a mother. The brother becomes furious at this point. A mother? Have you ever seen a mother? Neither have I. There's no such thing. Who put that idea into your head, he said. I told you, this is all that we have. Enjoy it. Well, the sister was quite overwhelmed. She didn't know what else to say. But at one point, later, she couldn't hold her silence any longer. She said to her brother, Brother, do you feel those squeezes that come upon us every once in a while? He said, yes. She said, well, they're unpleasant. They're painful. And he said, what's so special about that? And the sister said, I think that these squeezes are trying to tell us something. They're trying to get us ready for another place, much more beautiful than this, where we will see our mother face to face. Don't you think that's exciting, she said? I love this story. Some of you may have heard it from me already. As human beings, some of us are like that twin in the womb, and we have these certain intuitions that suggest there's more. As Christians, however, we're granted more than intuition. We're granted a revelation, and we're given a pledge. For us who bear the name of Christ, the resurrection of Christ is God's pledge of our resurrection. In Christ, God has opened up a way for us from this life to the life to come. Think about that hand in that painting of Sorensen that was lifting Jesus up. Now see that image in the center of the painting as being not just Christ, but also Christian, those hands raising you and me up from life 
to life eternal. The resurrection is God's promise for all who would follow Jesus. But what does the resurrection mean for you and me now? Well, I'd ask you to have a look at another image. This is an ink drawing with a gray wash from 400 and more years before the first painting. It's from the year 1634 by Rembrandt van Rijn. And for me, it captures what could well have been the scene on that third day when Jesus appears to his disciples. Immediately after the crucifixion of Jesus, the disciples have locked themselves in a room in fear. As the authorities have sought out and sentenced to death Jesus, they now fear such a fate awaits them. This now is the end of the third day. They're confined to that room, to that darkness, to that fear, and Jesus appears amongst them. The light of the resurrection surrounds him. One of the disciples is still asleep. Another's are in shock. But Jesus appears to them, and he appears to them in a form familiar but, but transformed. There's so much to consider in this scene, but for now I focus upon the fact that Jesus is there at all. Jesus, raised from the dead, did not ascend directly to heaven. He chose to linger for a time longer here. He chose to return to his followers and friends who had run from his suffering and retreated in fear. Jesus came to his disciples to allow them to be witnesses of the resurrection, the resurrection of Christ and of Christian. Jesus says to them, peace be with you. Jesus came to them in peace, and he came with peace. The peace of knowing in Jesus' death and resurrection that life is stronger than death, that love is stronger than hate, that forgiveness is stronger than anger, the peace of knowing that God is sovereign and is able to work for good in every circumstance. In these days, withdrawn to our rooms, this scene resonates for me more deeply than ever before. There is darkness, there is suffering, there is fear, but we have not been abandoned. We are not alone. Jesus has been raised, he lives, and he is with us by his Holy Spirit. Lady Julian, that 14th century woman of Norwich, England, the first woman to write in the English language and the first woman Christian theologian. Her words echo for me now. All shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. Jesus whispers to us yet, peace be with you. It's a peace that's not of this world. It's a peace that's deep and abiding and eternal. But just as we looked at that first painting and considered the image in the center being not only Christ but also Christian, have a look in your mind's eye at this second scene as well and see there 
not only Jesus, but also perhaps we ourselves. There's challenge as well as comfort in this gospel. As with Christ, so with Christian, not only in the resurrection, but in these days of this life. As Christ came to those fearing disciples, so are Christians called to be unto others in their darkness in fear. We are called to be as Christ and to give others proof that they have not been abandoned, they are not alone, that there is hope, that there is a God who is good. Some of you have been sharing reflections that have been distributed one by one, day by day, telling something of your journey of faith as an encouragement to others. Some of you have been making a point of calling and writing to bring the care of Christ into another home. Some of you have heard about the plight of those in long-term care facilities, those in families visited by violence, and you're lifting up prayers to God for them. Some of you have been contributing to local food banks and agencies of international relief and development, caring for neighbors far and near in the name of Christ. Some of you are focusing upon the good in this world. You are celebrating the musicians and the artists. Some of you are dreaming new dreams and seeing new visions of how we might restructure our communities so that they're more equitable and how we might, as humanity, walk more gently upon this earth in the years to come. The point is, we celebrate the resurrection of Christ and of Christians. And we celebrate the presence of Christ with his followers, but also we acknowledge the witness to which Christians are called in this fearful world. There are two images, one gospel. Thanks be to God. Amen. Sunday morning, Christians all over the world are 
lifting up prayers and praise to God. I came upon the fact that the Christians of Scotland today are gathering 13 different denominations for a time of common prayer online. And I thought maybe this would be a wonderful opportunity to share that prayer for us to join with them and so many others. I will use the English version, perhaps, not the Gaelic. Let us pray. Living God, we pray, speak into the depths of our experience. Speak the word that stills our fears and calms our anxieties. Peace be with you. Speak your word to the lonely and to the broken, to the bereaved and to those whose world has crumbled. Peace be with you. Faithful God, speak to us behind locked doors as we remember others who risk their own safety in order to serve others. Peace be with them. Carers and nurses, doctors and ambulance drivers, delivery drivers and shop assistants, peace be with them. God who inspires hope, we pray, speak to us in the present and speak to us of the future. For though the doors are locked, in time they shall be open. Peace shall be renewed. For those who lead the life of our nation, our prime minister, our premiers, and all who shape our common life, for us all, peace shall be renewed. God, whose name is love, and whose gift is love. Open our hearts to know you and to love you, to love you and to love our neighbor. And as we do, to hear again, peace be with you. May we find our strength in you and hear again and again, peace be with you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Hear this our prayer, and as we continue together in the words our Lord taught us to say. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
conclude, as always, with blessing. Blessing not from Andrew nor from St. Andrews, but from the Lord God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be kind and gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace this day and always. Amen.